I consider that art is essential for a person's life. Uh, no matter if you are an engineer or an accountant or a biologist or a mathematician, art is essential. Because if you need to eat today or tomorrow, you will be tempted to say, hey, if, if you give me 100, or even if you give me 90 or 80, este, I'll take the job. And it's not a good idea. It's not easy. You have to be very sure of what you're doing and not to be afraid to ask what you think you deserve. Hello and welcome to the Theatre at Life podcast, sponsored by ClearCom, the leader in voice communications for theatre and the performing arts. Call your cues with the simplicity and elegance of ClearCom Intercom solutions. The Theatre at Life podcast puts the spotlight on those who create live entertainment around the world, the culture creators and the backstage masters. My name is Ana Aguilera. And my name is Anna Robb. Today we'll be talking to Victor Manuel Aguilera as part of our collaboration with the Artistic Finance Podcast. Victor has a bachelor's degree in accounting from the Universidad Autónoma de México, a second bachelor's degree in business administration from Universidad Iberoamericana, and a master's degree on international trade from Université de Paris, Panteón Sorbonne. He's a certified public accountant and business and finance financial restructuring consultant in Mexico. He is also the co-author of the book Matemáticas Financieras, Mathematics of Finance, published by McGraw-Hill, and currently used as the main textbook for that matter in universities such as Universidad Nacional Autónoma de México and the Universidad de Guadalajara. Recently, he appeared in Rankia's podcast, The Leading Finance Community in Latin America and Spain. Hey, welcome to the show. Thank you. Nice to be here. Victor, thank you so Very much. Very glad. <laughs> well, now, we want to first ask you, um, you know, we all come from the artistic community and um, why does financial matters matter to the arts community? Could you tell us why we should care about our finances? I think that finance is uh, something that all of us are involved with. You always, all the time, have to make choices. And these choices involve financial choices. The cost of opportunity or the opportunity cost is involved in every activity you, you do. Here, you are uh, having your coffee and uh, spending some time, but you may be doing something else, or Anna, or me, but we are here, and we are... Um, investing our time, but it may be also investing money or resources or human resources. And the most important resource that we have is Ana Rob, is Ana Aguilera, who is Victor Aguilera. And this means money. So finances have has to, to be considered by all the people who is involved in the artistic community, I think. And why would you care about the arts then? Why someone else would care about us? Well, clearly they don't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as always, 
I consider that art is essential for a person's life. Uh, no matter if you are an engineer or an accountant or a biologist or a mathematician, art is essential. Art brings us closer to beauty and the highest emotions that a person can have. So art is important to me and it is important that artists could be there to bring us this joy, this happiness, these uh, emotions that you that you transmit with your art, with your work, whatever it is. A lot of the um, people who do arts degrees around the world often are not taught very well how to be a freelancer or their own business, right? So if somebody had come out of university and was starting a, a their own freelance work and contracting themselves out and they start to earn money what are your tips to what are your tips to them where, where do they start to be financially uh, savvy as we say smart art is a work as any other work there are some differences certainly uh, you enjoy and you do things that uh, produce as I have said beauty and joy. But uh, essentially, it is the same thing. You are investing resources, and you need to get more resources than you have invested. If you do not get that, you will be bankrupt sooner or later. <laughs> and, and I may say that I am, I am specialized in bankruptcies in Mexico. And, uh, <laughs> so you know what that looks like. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but it, it's sad to be in a business that is in, in, in bankrupt, but I, I, I think it would be sadder, much, much sadder to find artists that are in bankruptcy. So you invest money, you invest human resources, you have to get more than money you, you have invested and uh, you have to value the resource, the human resource you are investing in your project. And uh, sometimes I have found that the people do not uh, have um, a perspective of this thing. And uh, sometimes even to get some food, they work and they are investing more money than they are getting. So at the end, they will go bankrupt. So why do you think, is this a mistake in how people calculate the salary or how much they're um, charging for their services? Or how come if I am putting five, $5 to come on the podcast, well, we don't charge and I don't put money, but... There's certainly a cost to putting this this platform. So if I'm not getting $5 back, that should be obvious to me, right? If I put $5 in, I should get $5 back. At least. At least. To, <laughs> to not go bankrupt. <laughs> That's right. But, but there's more to that. So how do I know it's not only what I put in or it's not 
only the evident cost of doing something. As you said, it's the cost of the platform, but it's also our time. And it's how do you calculate that number so that you can charge accordingly to your services? Uh It's a good question because it was, uh, for instance, Anna Rob has said she's in Hong Kong and the cost of living and the cost of doing what she's doing now uh, is it's different from the cost that you have wherever you are, Mexico, Canada, United States, Japan, it doesn't matter. You have to calculate what do you need to live uh, to make your living in the place you are working. And um, what is essential for you to make a honorable living, a meaningful living? When you ask for a salary, you have to take in consideration not just the food, but the rent, the insurances, um, some other expenses as your education, formation, training. Uh, there are a lot of uh, elements that need to be considered to ask for some money. And uh, if you do not take this in account, you, you won't be able to um, get all the elements that you need to do to do to, uh, your your work to offer your work to the community and it's very easy when you are hungry to say um, i will take 5 dollar the hour <laughs> or i don't know but it won't be maybe you you will be able to eat one day or two, but you won't be able to uh, to keep your services in the mid uh, in the long term or in the middle term. So that's important. You have one person told me that you have to be able to replace your assets with the money you are doing in your work. And the most important asset that you have is you as a person. And um, it it has to be uh, considered not only food, as I have said, training and uh, uh, medical care. Uh, all these elements have to be considered to, to fix a price. Overall, as you have said, Anna Rob, that uh, many of the artists work as freelancers. Some of them may be very successful and earn lots and lots of money, but the most of the artists and most of the workers in the art uh, life doesn't have that doesn't don't have that that uh, chance no it's true and i think it's a good point about the human resource because um a lot of the time um we don't 
necessarily put that in part of the equation, right? Because, and if artists are to have a good creative life or space for them to create, they need a financial structure that allows them to do that. Um, so that's that's one thing to think about. But also for people that are in a freelance life and it's job to job, a lot of the, for them, it's difficult to maybe consistently pay into a pension fund or save for buying a house because banks want to see a full-time job, not a freelance career, et cetera. Is there any ways or tips you could provide to those kind of people who are trying to create their creative life but also invest and plan for the future when by the mere nature of freelance it works against them, you know? Mm, it's hard. Uh, <laughs> I don't know exactly what to say. Uh, certainly, you have to be able to save some money, to put aside some money from each of the jobs you are doing or, or each of the works you are uh, doing to constitute a fund that may support you in uh, times of distress and uh, to build a better future. Maybe to have some money to make a down payment for a house, for an apartment, or uh, to make a fund for your uh, when you will be old. And uh, It's different. I think that the means are different in the different countries, but it's not the, I, I, I am sure that it's not the same thing in Hong Kong or in the United States or in Mexico. But the infrastructure, the, the idea is the same. You have to be able to save some money from every one of the jobs you are doing. 5%, 10%, put it aside. Uh, yesterday I have uh, doing a lecture in a hospital and I said to the doctors that were there young people 25, 30, 35 you have to invest for your old when you will be old from now and you have to put your money now and forgetting all this money Uh, on, until uh, 20 or 30 years from now. And uh, I think for you may, should be the same. Should You, you should have, uh, you should make a fund. And, and this is, it's difficult. It's the same for me. In, in a certain way, I'm a freelancer also. I do not work for a firm. And so I'm passing from one job to another, to another, to another. And uh, in every one of them, I have to uh, take in consideration which are the fixed costs, which should be the uh, minimum income I should take. And if, if it's not possible, I have to say, no, I don't take it. And... Uh, In, in, to take into consideration also, as I have said, the possibility of save some money from each of these 
works that I, I do. So when you calculate how much you're going to charge, you're, you're going to add to that rent and utilities and taxes, you're going to add a, an extra 5 or 10%. So if I, I right now need, let's say, $100 in the month, I'm going to charge $110 to make sure that my older self will have $10 <laughs> in the future. <laughs> That's the point. Exactly. And if, if I can charge $110 today, because I need 100 for living and 10 for my older self, then I don't take the job. That's right. And it's not easy. Really, it's not easy. But if you need, because if you need to eat today or tomorrow, you will be tempted to, to say, hey, if, if you give me 100, or even if you give me 90 or 80, este, I'll take the job. And it's not a good idea. It's not easy. Yeah, I mean, especially when you're trying when you're young and you're trying to make a career and you're trying to assert yourself in the industry. There's many facets. But you're right. I think that, you know, starting early for investment, I had to get and I think a lot of people have to get themselves out of debt first, right? So if there's any debt from is that the right thing to do though? Because I, I asked myself, like a lot of people, especially in America, and I'm fortunate to not be of that generation that comes out of a um, university degree with a significant amount of debt, right? And so I know students who, or stage managers in America who have got over $100,000 in debt leaving university, which blows my mind because <laughs> what a way to start a career when you're trying to make yourself to have that heading over. What would be your advice of like, I've got $100,000 of debt and I need to try and save for retirement because the like you said, the earlier you do that, the better it is, right? So what That's would you, right. what, what advice would you give to somebody who's got a huge debt but wants to start and they have a job? but they want to start saving also for retirement. Is it pay off the debt or do both? I'll, <laughs> I will pay the debt. <laughs> because the debt is, uh, is a load that you have over you. And if you do not unload this charge, it would be very, very difficult. To, go to to advance in life, so I, I know I know that for many of the students of the young students, uh, they have a burden to, uh, because of the cost of the uh, of their student their university, and uh, I will have uh, myself. I would have I would pay the the debt, and I would be very careful to incur in new debts. But because it's very easy, you have to be very careful with the with the how do you handle your credit cards, your car cards, uh, your car debts, or uh, the, the debt to to buy a house. Certainly, it may it may, it may be an investment, an investment, but that you uh, will enjoy in the future. But if you do not have enough money. Uh, first, you have to pay your debts. 
Would you say that regardless of the interest rate and the terms, because I also know that if it's a federal loan, for example, I think the int- I, I might be saying wrong things, but there would would there be a case, let me rephrase, would there be a case where it would be worth keeping that debt, a long-term debt with a fixed interest rate or with a good, uh, and start saving, I don't know, the percent of, I don't know, the equivalent to inflation or i don't know is there is there is there a scenario where it would be worth keeping a debt and start saving over not having debts at all yes i do agree if you're if you have a debt with a low interest rate keep your debt and invest you if you have fixed Low fixed interest rates, keep it and invest. But if you have variable rates and the rates are over the inflation or over the interest rate in the market, pay your debts. It it is just a question of uh, uh, present value. And uh, if the interest you are paying or you are receiving it's uh, higher than inflation, you will be richer. But if you are investing and you are receiving an interest that is above inflation, you are losing money. And it's the same if you have a debt that is with a, an interest rate above, below, uh, above, the, above inflation, you have to pay it. If it is below inflation, you have to keep it and you may keep it. And it's good because you are paying on their value dollar. And now a note from our sponsor. The Theatre Art Life podcast is proud to be sponsored by Clearcom. Clearcom is the leader in voice communications for theatre and the performing arts. Call your cues with the simplicity and elegance of Clearcom Intercom Solutions. You can find them at C-L-E-A-R-C-O-M.com. Go check them out. It's an interesting thing to consider and should be thought about in each individual's situation because one of the things in, say, the arts is even if you've done a degree and you have a debt, the amount that you can earn when you're in your first five years of career versus the first 10 versus the first 15 is very, it, 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 can, it has to go up over time. You're not going to get paid a huge amount of money to do what you do because there's a certain amount of uh, real life experience that you still need to build post university before you can charge, um, you know, a decent salary for what we do. And if I take my personal um, case, I think that I probably didn't start making really decent money until after eight to 10 years of leaving university, right? So, and mm-hmm. I had to build up my experience. So that kind of, if from when we just talk about that loan experience, like if you can keep that coasting along and start to save for retirement over those eight years, and then when you earn more money, you can pay it off fast. That's a good strategy. Of course, if it's variable, you got to get that out of your way as soon as possible to give yourself a clear path to then start investing. So um, what's important though is to think about that 
at 21, right, and and start to um, make a plan as opposed to not think about it for eight years or 10 years and then get to 30 and say, oops, I haven't started for retirement or anything and now I need to start and catch up. I think that's really important for people who are starting in the industry, don't you think? Yes. Uh, when people is beginning uh, after the university, they are uh, certainly uh, receiving less money than they have expected. Even... <laughs> uh, but the concepts that, that I have, that we have been talking about are very simple, but not... Uh, not all the people uh, seize the idea. Uh, when I'm, I'm telling, I have to get an income that is about, uh, above my fixed cost, my variable cost, and I have to have some money to invest or to save. And if I'm investing, which are the best uh, investments that I may, I may do, to maximize my income, training uh, some uh, tools that I may need. For instance, you are working now with this platform. You are investing in this in these kind of things. Uh, what do you expect to receive from this? Maybe not money. Maybe on other. Uh, opportunities to work uh, or relationships, but you are getting something from these investments that you are doing. And uh, I think that everyone should consider these things when they are investing their money in, in tools, this, uh, in different tools, in different, or, or even in goods that are needed for your personal life. So would you say then that, like, let's say you've calculated how much you need to charge for your services per hour, per day, per whatever, and you came to a number and it's not worth taking the job money-wise. But then with what you're saying, would there be a scenario where you say, okay, I'm not earning money, but it's worth taking. It's an investment of, investment of sorts. Mm-hmm. We sometimes sometimes you have to do that, but you may. Uh, I, I have to. Uh, for instance, I may lecture some people, and I I won't charge a money because I am investing to be uh, known in certain circle of people. Yes, but if you are doing work. To make your living, you have to recover all your expenses. If not, you won't do it. I won't do it. So you choose what kind of job or after how much money or after, like if I've got my expenses covered and my 10% extra covered, then I can do something for free. Or I can do something (laughs) because I want to. Or because my return of investment is different. Or with a different return on investment. It's a different return on on investment. And uh, I have discovered also that 
you have to be very sure of what you're doing and not to be afraid to ask what you think you deserve. Yeah. I think that's a, you know, it's a good conversation to have because I think, say, example, even if you say, Anna, you and me in this podcast, you know, um, we, there's, there's cost to this podcast and um, we have some sponsorship. It doesn't cover, cover all of it, but the, but I'm also in a situation where if there's extra cost to it, I can cover it. And what do I get out of it? I get uh, more experience in interviewing and public speaking. I get a greater network in my actual job and my work that I execute upon outside this podcast. And I, I get education in, in, in each time I speak to new people. So those three things are huge facets in making that any extra expenditures to this podcast worth it. And I think then the you, Anna, who's not absorbing those extra costs, maybe then the, the, your motivation is then the education and, 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 and some, I mean, for you, what would it be for you in this, in this scenario? <laughs> um, <laughs> I definitely enjoy the conversations and I do learn a lot. So it's, um, yeah, the, the educational component of it. It's somehow uplifting at times uh, so that when I'm like, why am I doing this again? And then we have those cool conversations like, yeah, we like this. <laughs> this is what we do. So somehow it's, it's some sort of insurance, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. And that's good, right? So, um, but you, the, 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 the thing is you have to have the, 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 financial situation to be able to do that and that's what Victor's saying so it, getting out of a, a day-to-day grind is is the most ideal situation for an artist to be able to then um, explore other avenues for growth how much money would it cost you if you have to take these uh, uh, conversations or this training somewhere else yes That's a good question to ask, right? Like, you know, people will go to fly to see a trade show or a conference and sit in a um, uh, conference for two days and yet and, and get all of this information and yet you're not the one asking the questions. So Anna and I selfishly can ask all the questions <laughs> we want to ask of all of our guests. So it's really a direct, like, learning experience, even beyond paying thousands of dollars to go to a conference on the other side of the world. So I, I say we win. <laughs> all, all of us are winning here. Yeah, we're totally winning. But I think I, I think I think one of the the most important things that you've said today, Victor, is really that, which is really important for artists because artists tend to undervalue um, their time and their creative time, and it's really hard to quantify that experience. Like, for example, you can say an accountant. I can do your tax return and it's going to take me this long and this is how much it's going to cost, you know. But how does it how long does it take for a performer or an artist to create a beautiful piece of art? Well, that's very very intangible, right? So a smart artist or performer or business person needs to put a framework around 
their time and effort. And that could be different, right? Like it could, what me creating a piece of art versus Anna creating a piece of art might take me 50 hours and then Anna 52 or 54. And then there's the value of that beyond it, right? And value is so subjective, right? You can't sell an unknown artist at the same price as a Picasso, right? Because it's Picasso. And so a lot of people, and even this in the graphic design Picasso industry. Picasso doesn't have to eat anymore. It, this is true. This is true. And he doesn't have to pay the rent anymore. <laughs> But even, even like a lot, of, a lot of people in the industry will offer a lower price because it gives people exposure. And that's such a lame sort of lowball way to get people out of it because they're still got to put in that. And so you, people have got to figure out a percentage beyond the time that it takes, the 50 hours or the 54 hours, because that's your resource, and then a percentage of value of the result of that art. And then you've got to convince people that it's worth that. So that's a big challenge in the art, art community, right? It's a big challenge. Mm. Absolutely. To me, it's very sad to see how, how people in general undervalue the work of artists. Mm. How much hours do you have to, to invest to prepare a concert or a dance or a theater, a, a, a piece of... It's amazing. And some, some of, of the artists may um, have a return on, on their investment, but most of them, it's not possible for them. I have learned in my experience that um, how do you present the job? How do you present the, the gift? How do you make the... Uh, envelope <laughs> it's very important in, uh, to make that the people is receiving the your work would accept to pay for it and, and to pay more than you are asking for it it's difficult for, for me to, uh, to explain it but uh, how do you dress the people to get uh, to get paid. It has to be, um, you have to make it very attractive, but, all, but also make, make the people feeling uh, that they are receiving much more than they are paying for. It's not easy. Uh, I don't know how to explain it in English to you, but that's the point. Mm. Well, essentially, they have to become, you have to become a good salesman. You know, there has to, to be a certain. That's right. Uh, you have to have a good business acumen on the back of your artistic expression to be able to create a sustainable career within that. Alternatively, you could go and do a job to pay the bills and then do the art outside that job if that was, you know, there's multiple ways to, if you can't, but I always say I'm a, I'm a terrible salesperson, so I don't want to be out there 
self-promoting my work or what, what are those things. So it's been a huge leap for me to start Theatre Art Life and become a more public figure because I've spent my life backstage. But for me, I had to do that for this platform and for these things. But some people don't want to do that and so maybe they do a job and then do their art. But if they're going to sustain their art through and their business through it, then they have to be they have to have the business acumen. They have to have the salesmanship. They have to have social media and self-promotion and have their face out there because the only way you'll get noticed is to be play in those fields, right? If you're off squirreling away your art in a corner of South America, no one's going to know you, right? And so there has to be a way that it gets out there and then value attributed to that work. Mm -hmm. You have to sell yourself and your work all the time. Mm. Which is work itself, right? <laughs> Self-promotion, <laughs> social media, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, that's right. Yeah. I wanted to, to ask and reframe because we, we've been talking a lot from the point of view of an artist, but I think it's important to, to flip the coin and understand sometimes why when we're signing a contract, the person giving us a contract is trying to negotiate or trying to impose the, the clauses or restrictions or salaries or like how, like, what what is like to be and and I think at at some point you guys said that when when we're talking of of ourselves as freelancers, well, we end up being our own little company, right? And so we're working for other companies that are looking after themselves as well. So what what should we look at, or why? Like if they're saying we cannot pay you this, okay, I can't take it, but can I understand why are they offering that? Can we help the companies restructure or reframe so that they can afford or we can understand why they can't afford or what can they afford? I don't know if any of this makes sense, but, but yeah. there's someone else out there negotiating with us as well, and they have their own points. Mm -hmm. You have said something that is, is important. You are a small company. You are a small enterprise. You are an entrepreneur. And uh, you are dealing with other businesses that may be bigger than you, but uh, that uh, sometimes they are also entrepreneurs and uh, they are looking for their survival. Even the biggest uh, Business are doing the same thing, but you have uh, there's something that you have to develop this sense, this uh, feeling, uh, which is the best that you can offer and you can take. Which is the limit that you are negotiating with the people who are who is trying to to get your job, your work. And uh, if uh, we may agree on the terms that are uh, good for both parties, okay. If not, uh, it's better to say, "I won't. I, I won't take the job, or I won't take the the work." How does bankruptcy look like in terms of an individual or a company? What should we look for? Signs and symptoms. 
can once you get there how do you realize you got there and can you get out of there mm, once you realize question. it it's probably too late <laughs> 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 but uh in businesses the the point is when you are not able to cover your expenses and you incur in debts and i think in in the personal side is the same thing when you have to incur in debts to cover your daily expenses or monthly expenses or weekly expenses um you are in a problem. You are heading to a bankruptcy. So if you rely on your credit card to go to groceries. That's that's right. Or, or, <laughs> that's the point. Okay. I say the best advice my father gave me was um, a credit card is money you don't have, so don't pretend that it is. And I've always, throughout my entire life, always paid my credit card off within the period that it's needed to be done for 23 years since that he told me that. So, um, yeah, you can't, credit cards are evil, man. Like <laughs> The bankers are vampires that <laughs> take your blood every month. That's it. Ugh. Sorry, but I was getting, what was the question to Victor? Anna? I think I interrupted. The, the signs of, of bankruptcy, but when you are incurring in debt systematically, consistently, you are in problem. You are in trouble. Mm. Oh, I, the follow-up question was, how do you get out of there? Ah, <laughs> it will cost you money. <laughs> the one you don't have already. Uh, <laughs> No, how do you how do you get out of these situations? You have to uh, lower your expenses at the minimum, and also I think that you have to be um, uh, how do you say austero? Scarce scarcity. Um... Um, Frugal. Is the word that's the point thank you thank you thank you anna you have to be <laughs> frugal yes that's the point you have to be frugal always um i i was giving advice to a dutch firm something that i learned there they they have a policy that um stated that you only may buy the things that um, were needed and not the, the things that were wanted. Uh, to exemplify this, uh, you you wanted to buy a printer. You don't have to pr to, to buy a printer uh, with uh, color and X Y Z the speed etc. What do you need? Do you need a small printer? Buy a small printer. Not because you have the money to afford the bigger printer, you'll buy it. Or the bigger car or the bigger house. It's the same thing. What do you really need? You have to be frugal, as Anna Robs have said. Uh, so um, when you keep your fixed expenses, 
as low as possible, it would be easier to get out of uh, a situation as uh, as you have mentioned, Anna, uh, when you are heading to a bankruptcy. No, that's great. Um, we always finish our podcasts, Victor, with the same questions. So we're going to ask you as well because I'm interested to hear your answers. Um, what is your most favourite thing about your job on the industry that you work in? I like the job I do because um, I think I may have, I may help to take some businesses out of these bankruptcy scenarios. And it helps to people who is working in the businesses uh, and uh, it helps also to the creditors and the people that has, uh, uh, that have lent some money or that are interested in the uh, survival of the, of the business. And, uh, that's my first point. And the other point is that I may or I might <laughs> get paid sometimes. Because you're working with uh, business in, in troubles and sometimes you don't get the money. <laughs> but sometimes you may get uh, decent uh, money. So that's what, what I do uh, and that's what I like. Now, if you could change anything about it, what would you change? I don't want to work so much. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's some, sometimes it's very stressful. I can imagine because like not only does are you coming in when people are becoming bankrupt and there's the money and the figures that you need to work through, but the emotional aspect of the people that are going bankrupt must be pretty stressful to to be witnessing that um, people losing their business, people losing their homes, people losing things that they've had around them, right? That must be a, part of, a big part of that. The work of uh, many years, sometimes 20, 30 years uh, of work, it's uh, wiped in a minute. And that's, that's sad. Yeah. So you have to work to avoid these kind of scenarios. I hope that all the artistic community may get uh, through this uh, through these problems and may be successful in, in their personal lives and may um, give us this joy, this happiness that uh, art produces to every one of those. The moral of the story is don't end up on Victor's doorstep. <laughs> <laughs> in a more uplifting uh, way, is there, are there resources out there for people that are not people in finance that want to learn more about debt, personal finance, uh, investments, or anything that can be like really easy for people that have zero knowledge and then just listen to this and said, I should maybe do a little more. 
guess I, I, I should say as artists you have to learn economy you have to learn finance and you have to learn sales it's very important mm. from wherever they can learn it that's, that's it. right well it's different in country right. to country it's different from country to country too so but they've got to go seek those those resources as part of their career right Victor, thank you so much for um, being with us today. It's been a true pleasure to uh, learn about your work and your life and your advice for us. So we truly appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you, Anna. Thank you, Anna. Thank you for thank the invitation. You. Thank you for letting me know you and uh, to leave this, uh, this podcast with you. Thank you. Theatre at Life is a global media site for entertainment. Memberships start at only 38 US dollars per year. You can have unlimited access to our daily published articles, including entertainment news and the writings of active industry professionals, ensuring that you are always up to date on the global happenings in the world of entertainment. Become a part of the international entertainment community and join us now at www.theaterartlife.com.